We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 45. We're talking about caffeine today, girlies. How you doing? Everyone's favorite silly little beverage. I'm fine. Kate and I are both very, very tired today. Yeah, I it's twelve twenty five. I overworked the body yesterday, and I am I'm feeling it from head to toe. Yeah, I just feel tired. I don't know why. Speaking of caffeine, like we'll get into this later in the pod in a more academic way. But yeah, had my morning caffeine beverages and didn't really feel anything from it. So, you know, going down that uh, WebMD rabbit hole in my head of like, do I have too much caffeine? Do I need to have more? what's up with me. So that's kind of my morning routine. I went to Trader Joe's. It wasn't too packed, which was nice. Um, Which one did you go to? Union Square, unfortunately. I walked to the Spring Street one and I didn't take a photo of my haul, but it was like so funny. It was three lemons, the Trader Joe's raw almond butter, and then mustard. Nice. A solid trek for that. (laughs) Yeah. I got like, I got like veggies for the week. So I got like a decent amount of stuff. The random stuff I got was like the coconut aminos, like the barbecue one, which is good. Pickles, their cold brew. Um, got some leeks. I'm going to make those with some like tinned fish. I feel like that would be good. I haven't, I might have been talking about our meals are fucking boring and sad. And we need to like make active changes to it. And so I'm like, maybe leeks will be the answer. Yeah, I'm like forcing myself to actually like cook black rice. Um, girlies, I bought rice like I don't even know now, like two months ago, have not opened the bag. And I'm like, yeah. Emma, you bought this. You got to use it. Yeah. Also, do you yeah. even enjoy it? Like, I feel like all of our interests are just like, this is what I bought from Trader Joe's. And this is like, <laughs> what I ate. but it's like the same four things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else can yeah. we talk about? Memes? How, where have you been sourcing your memes from? Um, there's this meme account on Instagram called like reaction memes, but like one of the O's is like a zero. And I've been going, scrolling on there, screenshotting and reusing those. So that's where I've been sourcing, not from Pinterest as of late. Oh, I've been just searching SpongeBob reaction pick into Pinterest for some. Kate loves a SpongeBob reaction pick. Yeah, I was on a walk this morning um, after I like tried to work out and failed. Um, and I noticed I was making, I was like making memes on my walk to like pass the time. And cause I didn't have any like podcasts to listen to or anything. And I was just like fixating on, you know, when you get on a walk and you're fixating on the fact that you are walking, I was like, I need to get out of this space. So I was like, let's make some fucking memes. And I realized like I made five this morning. They're all SpongeBob. 
Like whether it be just like a hand of like one of the, the average looking fish. Are they fish in SpongeBob? Yeah. 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 Okay. Because they walk. So I'm like, I don't, they have legs. Well, it's like cartoons. So right. I don't think anything about like real human life matters <laughs> or applies to SpongeBob. See, now we're getting new subjects in the intro. SpongeBob, <laughs> the most important things. Um, oh, we also had a meetup. Yeah. Yesterday. We met some New York City girlies. Uh, we talked about literally groceries and living in New York. That was about we it. We talked about um, like Ayurveda, like eating for your dosha. And we also talked about where to buy bread in the city. Yeah. We talked about merch. We talked about walking the subway, New York fashion week, ruining. It was also 9-11 yesterday, obviously. So that um, the city was busy and like a lot of stuff was closed off obviously for these observances with that I was city biking home over the Brooklyn bridge and I was getting hit by flags uh there was like the full I wouldn't say national guard but some wasn't the police either it was some like some it was one of it was something something official military security type people with huge American flags across the Brooklyn bridge and I was like getting violently hit in the face on my e-bike so that was a good morning to me um, and then it was also fashion week. So the city, the streets have been bustling. Too packed for my liking. I need it to be winter. So no one is outside but me. Yeah, that was a common theme we talked about yesterday is that all of us crazy walkers um, are upset with the amount of pedestrians that live in this most populated city in America. Uh, why would that, why would that happen to us? Perhaps people want to live here. Um anything to add i got nothing else to add um i think we should just get into the pod yeah and we'll try to make this as exciting as possible (laughs) oh you get our little like vocal fry dead energy today so let's get into episode 45 of the shot we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, wellness gods, we're here with our newest podcast sponsor, Recess. Here's what they have for you CMOS girlies. First of all, Recess makes canned sparkling water infused with hemp and adaptogens for calm and clarity. It includes some of our favorite ingredients, like L-theanine and lemon balm. When I drink a Recess, it keeps me calm and focused on staying in my lane as a wellness god, regardless of white claw drinking bros have to say. 
Their newest product is Recess Mood Powder, which features mood lifting magnesium, balancing adaptogens, and electrolyte in powder form, so you can add some calm to whatever you're drinking. Recess Mood Powder is a staple in my nightly beverage routine, and I love knowing that I'm getting all the great benefits from the magnesium while also staying hydrated. I know all of us CMOS girlies could use a new beverage to add to our bedside table. That's why you should check out Recess. Head over to their website and use code CMOSGirlies for 15% off your order. You know, Emma and I can't shut up about starting your day with the perfect oatmeal toppings. And you're probably thinking, what could be better than securing a bag of maca powder or matching with a boy who actually knows what adaptogens are? Um, hello, a large and juicy medjool date. That's why we're so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Julie's. Julie's is a pantry staple for all the wellness gods. Their hand-picked medjool dates from Coachella Valley, California are certified USDA organic, naturally vegan, and free of all allergens. There is no better way to snack on Jolie's than with your favorite nut butter or on a bowl of oats. And Jolie's even has a date syrup to drizzle on a stack of pancakes. So if you want to taste some Jolie's for yourself, definitely use code CMOSGIRLIES for 15% off your first order. Now back to the show. Caffeine, America's favorite drug. Maybe it's the world's favorite drug. I don't know. Um, let's get into it. So about 90% of U.S. adults consume caffeine in the variety of forms that we're going to talk about in the show. So my brain goes to coffee automatically. There's also tea and then other caffeinated products. And even some food has caffeine like chocolate, which I'm sure a lot of y'all are aware of. And caffeine acts like a stimulant in the central nervous system. Now, Emma and I are not like science biology buffs here, but we do have some in- info about like brain health, gut health, all that type of shit as it relates to caffeine. So I think caffeine, people think of it like, yeah, it's a stimulant. It's going to keep you awake, energized. So that's why you get the you know claims about like, it'll keep you alert and awake and energized while you're studying or performing or something like that. But it technically is a psychoactive drug. And so it sort of acts like flicking on your brain. This is like the, the chemical side of it. So there's a chemical compound in your central nervous system called adesine. I'm sure you've probably heard about it on like your geeky health and wellness pods, if you listen to those type of pods. Um, Basically, you think about your brain is always working when you're awake, whether that be like picking up your laundry or like doing a math problem or like texting a boy. And so hard work requires you to have a lot of energy in your body. And so your brain uses about 20% of your total energy intake more than any other organ. And so as the brain is working, it creates this chemical called adesine, which accumulates in the brain. And like the more and more adesine you accumulate in your brain, the more tired you feel. So that's where caffeine comes in. It binds to the adesine receptors in your brain and it has the opposite effect on your central nervous system. So that's how it like keeps you awake, makes you feel more energized. And then it makes your body also feel like less sensitive to this like cycle of when I'm supposed to awake and when I'm supposed to rest. And I think in the modern, you know, culture now, our body's cues are so off from what our ancestors were doing. One, people used to wake and go to bed with like the sun and the sunset. And like the nine to five has totally shifted that because like we would be eating dinner at a lot different of time. You'd be going to like bed with the sunset and waking up with sunrise. And, you know, some of us health gods do that naturally. My body kind of wakes up when I see the natural light flickering in my little dingy apartment. But um, yeah, I think caffeine is often used to like suppress kind of our own body's natural reactions, if that makes sense, especially in like U.S. like hustle bustle culture. So the, the first type of caffeine we're going to get into is coffee. 
So one thing that I've noticed, like when I first started drinking coffee, I was really, really sensitive in high school. I had this like major, major incident where I was studying for a AP English exam or some shit like that. And my friend and I went to Ben and Jerry's and I got like a single scoop of the coffee flavored ice cream. I was up until 7am the next day and we had like a huge exam and I just like was like pulled a 24 hour, like whatever, what, what are those called? An all-nighter. Yeah, all-nighter. I'm literally like, what's the fucking phrase? I was going to say like a bender. I'm like, that's literally not the word. Yeah, I pulled an all-nighter for no reason, like unintentionally because I had this coffee ice cream. So then into high school, I feel like I drink instant coffee every now and then. No one in my family is a coffee drinker. So we never had like any coffee machine or anything growing up. Um, And so, yeah, like I never drank coffee growing up. And then into college, I feel like a lot of just like college kids probably could introduce it because like it's at your dining hall or people are like, let's go get a coffee. And I drank a lot of kombucha. I think we talked about that in the college episode that it was like on our both our meal plans. So I got into the GT synergy and, um, yeah. And then I tried to drink coffee and I kept, kept getting like super, um, anxious and jittery. And that was like my introduction to adaptogens probably like two to three years ago, because I was like, oh, this is like something you can pair with coffee Four Sigmatic was kind of kicking off at the time. And that's like their big thing to pair adaptogens with coffee. And they even make a coffee blend that has like lion's mane in it. And they have another one. So yeah, that's it about coffee. I've been a heavy coffee drinker since like high school. Like in my high school, we had like a coffee bar and I would always just like go there during breaks to get like an insane amount of coffee. Um, yeah, I feel like I have never experienced the being like super like ultra sensitive, but yeah, my dad, like my dad's a big, big coffee drinker. And so I feel like I definitely get that from him. Yeah. And I always had an issue when I first started drinking coffee that it was like, oh, this is tastes so bitter. And when I was doing like a little bit of research about it, it's because your coffee has gone rancid. And so you see on, you know, when you buy coffee, it says use in like two weeks or something like that. Um, and most coffee goes rancid about a week after it's been roasted. So that's just com- something to keep in mind. Another thing about coffee before we get into like different types of coffee and caffeine is that if you're taking, I used to do this and I think Emma used to do this as well, like taking your vitamins in the morning with coffee. Which I still um, be doing this. Oh, okay. Um, it decreases your vitamin and mineral absor- absorption uh, when you are like pairing caffeine with that. So maybe try to take them at a different time of the day, but also it's kind of hard if like you're taking them on an empty stomach or something like that and you just want to drink coffee right away. So yeah, I don't one. know. Take caution. One. That's my one wellness God flaw. Well, no, I have many wellness God flaws, but yeah, one of them. That's one of them. Uh, that gets into cold brew. Now I feel like everyone has their cold brew. I have just an image of like myself shaking when I drink cold brew. Um, and it's interesting when coffee is like created, caffeine solubility is driven by temperature. So when it's like brewed at a higher temperature, more caffeine is going to dissolve than when it's made at a cooler temperature. So you actually extract more caffeine when you make traditional coffee versus cold brew, but like how much caffeine is actually in cold brew does oftentimes like is a lot more than your hot cup of gel. So that's one thing to keep in consideration, like how your coffee is being prepared. I know that like, is it Emma Chamberlain has those cold brew bags? You can like tea bags. Yes. I've yeah. never tried to make like cold brew with a French press. I think you can. I don't know. I've done it before. And I mean, yeah, all I did was just, you know, grind up the beans, put the water in the French press and then put it in the fridge overnight. And, you know, good. Yeah. Okay. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Next we have bulletproof, um, which I just think is like funny and something that all like probably wellness got people have heard about. Um, 
if you don't know what bulletproof coffee is, uh, Dave Asprey is the one who kind of spearheaded and like founded this. He's also the founder of bulletproof diet. He's like a huge biohacker kind of gets into like the wacko, like pseudoscience, like health world stuff, but it's very popular among the keto and paleo community. And the main recipe, I suppose, for like bulletproof coffee is just like coffee and then like grass-fed butter or ghee, and then also MCT oil. And basically it's like believed to kind of help you feel more focused, energized, and satisfied. It's often utilized as like a meal replacement because it's obviously like very high in like calories and like fats and protein. And there's really honestly like very little scientific evidence to support these claims. It's far more like anecdotal um, evidence. And there are like, yeah, some benefits of, of MCT oil as it's like good for the body and brain because it's a short chain triglyceride. And so it's going to travel straight to the liver and process and get processed into ketones, which like everyone knows about, like with ketosis, um, you want to like burn ketones and this is basically providing energy to the brain as opposed to glucose. It's an alternative source of energy. And then also just like adding fat to coffee, like slows the absorption of caffeine and helps reduce jitteriness because normally like caffeine is like immediately released into the body. Um, I have not experimented with really any type of bulletproof coffee. I know Kate, sometimes you put MCT oil into your coffee, but again, there's like such little scientific evidence to like kind of, you know, back these claims. But if you're someone who does experience jitteriness, like adding some sort of like fat source or even just like, you know, having your coffee with a meal will help reduce like fat jitteriness. Cause I know whenever I have like too much caffeine on an empty stomach, I like literally start tweaking and feel insane. Yeah. I have MCT oil and I never have done the, the grass-fed butter and MCT oil and coffee thing. Cause I'm like, ew, butter and coffee. Like that sounds disgusting. Even though I know I probably just should bite the bullet and do it. Um, I drink MCT oil in my first cup of coffee and I do feel like it does reduce that jitteriness. Now that's all anecdotal. That's all like personally me. It's not like Kate said, Kate at the CMS girlie said she likes MCT oil. I'm going to go buy it. Like, don't do that. Um, it was more of an experiment that I kept like hearing about fucking Dave Asprey all over. Will I repurchase it? I don't know. Maybe. I think you could also, there's so many things you can put in your coffee. Like if you don't want to just drink black coffee, like whether it be a plant-based milk, whether it be collagen, whether it be some sort of a creamer, like there's a lot of things you can do adaptogens to experiment. So I feel like MCT oil is one that I've just been like, it's fine. I think some people also say like MCT oil, they get like stomach pain from it. Um, cause it is like a fat, like oil. You're just like shoveling down your body, but I feel like it's fine with my digestion personally. The next one that I've heard a lot about, like, I feel like when you go to those scammy supplement stores, like the vitamin shop and stuff, you see like green coffee extract, green coffee pills. And I was like, always curious, like, what the fuck is green coffee? Is it actually a green bean? <laughs> like, what is this coffee? Um, it's a supplement that is made from unroasted coffee beans. And so you can buy it in like a pill form, but you also can make it if you want to grind up your unroasted coffee beans and then you boil them in water. I mean, you can go watch a YouTube tutorial if you want to go make some green coffee extract. But the reason that it's so like buzzy amongst all these like weight loss things is because it contains this ingredient called chlorogenic acid, which is the active ingredient in it. So it's like, you know, all those fucking woo woo, like weight loss claims. It lowers blood pressure, reduces cortisol, which are also like other good things about it. But yeah, it's kind of used and probably abused a little bit <laughs> for weight loss purposes without any like you know, really high level efficacy uh, or high level clinical studies with like a lot of efficacy going into them. 
the next subject that I was like interested in is decaf because that's always like what you're told if you want the taste of coffee, but you don't want um, to drink a cup of coffee or like drink decaf at 2 p.m. or something like that. It's interesting because if you go to a restaurant or a, a coffee shop or something, ask for decaf. There's no regulations about like, the maximum amount of caffeine that it has to have in order to be decaf. You know, you're kind of like giving over your trust to whatever establishment you're going to because there's no like the word decaf is not regulated. It just means that it's not caffeinated. They said that most like decaf places contain like 97% like less coffee than a cup or caffeine than a cup of coffee, but you don't really know when you're going into it. And so Decaf also seems like it's, you know, an obvious way to deal with jitters, but there's this huge pushback with like the rise of mommy bloggers that I was reading about is because like, you know, you see all those cheesy, like live, laugh, love slogans that are like, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. Like there's this campaign on like social media amongst the mommy bloggers called the death before decaf. That was their little hashtag they would use. And they were like, decaf makes you weak. You're not going to get through your day. Like you're not going to be a productive mom unless you have your coffee. And so I think that's another thing with like caffeine and productivity that I know some people like rely on it so much to like be a little productive girl boss. But I thought it was so interesting that all these mommy bloggers were like rising up against a decaf. And then also too, it kind of coincides with like the goop people that are like, coffee is a toxin in the body to detox. You need to like get rid of coffee. Um, and also some people say that like the, the process of decaffeinating coffee has like health risks because Basically, if you want to strip the caffeine from the coffee bean, most coffee companies will use chemical solvents. Um, Two of the different chemical solvents are methylene chloride or ethyl acetate. And so the solvents are rinsed away once you're actually done making the decaf. But, you know, anyone who's concerned about chemical substances in their coffee or in their any product they consume, a lot of people think decaf is like the devil. My perspective is like, it's not like your water is a chemical. Like I think the whole preservative artificial, we were talking about this yesterday, actually at the picnic about how like, it's really interested in the wellness space that there's so much um, pushback against anything that has chemicals in it. Just kind of like, obviously like we have a binary thinking that like chemicals are bad, natural is good, but that's such, there's so much gray area in between there. So I don't really think cap decaf is going to kill you because it could use a chemical solvent in processing it. Um, but there are some other alternatives if you don't want to go down the decaf route. So we've talked a lot about adaptogens. Cordyceps is one that is like known to um, boost performance, endurance. We did a pod about adaptogens if you want to listen to that one specifically. I know that I said before, um, Four Sigmatic has like a coffee thing and it's half adaptogens, half coffee. And I think they use lion's mane because that's like the brain cognition adaptogen mushroom. So if you want to listen about adaptogens, go back to that pod. And then another alternative is going to be dandelion tea, uh, which I think Emma and I both like take here and there. And I like, cause it has a very similar taste profile to, um, coffee. Yeah. I've been drinking dandelion tea, like in the afternoons for like when I want like the taste of coffee, but I know that like, I should not be having a cup of coffee at 2 PM. Um, I think it's like the dandy blend that I really like there's like this other brand it's like tea chino or something I don't even remember oh like tea bags and absolutely just like bile like do not purchase those I think those are so gross but yeah, yeah we bought those. you're able to find I feel like it's like honestly kind of hard to come by there's only like one health store in the city that I can find it at yeah. um but I'm sure it's on you know big old Amazon or something yeah thread market or some shit the next category is tea. Um, I'm not like a tea connoisseur. I could not tell you about like 
white tea versus black tea versus herbal tea, et cetera. Um, one area of interest is that like, I never think about wheatgrass being a caffeine source, um, but it is. Another one, kombucha, obviously we talk about, and yerba mate, I think that's how it's pronounced. I've never taken it, but I know that it's like pushed, I feel like on a lot of college kids as like some sort of healthy caffeine alternative. And most of the studies that have done been done on it, once again, are not at like the highest level, but in the, the few sample studies they did, they said it was like possibly safe, but if you're taking like large and large doses, it could have linkages to different forms of cancer just because of how it interacts with your body. Um, so maybe you don't slam like 12 yerba mates down, I guess. And then matcha is another one. Um, a lot of people drink matcha. I don't like the taste of matcha personally, but it has a lot of like antioxidants benefits as well. The last category of like caffeine things is like artificial caffeine. And once again, I think in wellness culture, there's like a binary of like artificial, bad, natural, good, um, but synthetic and natural caffeine are nearly indistinguishable. When you look at the chemical properties, they're like chemically identical. Now I think it becomes an issue because most artificial caffeines are going to be in things like Coca-Cola, in sodas, in pre-workouts, which have a lot of other like quote bad ingredients like sugars and weird colorings and stuff like that artificial preservatives that you might not want to consume and this gets into pre-workout we talked about this in the sports supplement episode a lot but a lot of the pre-workouts are dangerous just because they do have they are made up of proprietary blends meaning that a lot of the ingredients are going to be hidden behind that proprietary blend so when you think about supplement manufacturing um a lot of these uh, different companies, you have to go to a supplement manufacturer, you have to talk about the ingredients you want to be in it, then you create your own blend. And if you want that to be private, so competitors can't look at and zap what ingredients you're using to like replicate it and make an exact product, that's why you pay to have this proprietary blend label. But that means that like the amounts of your ingredients are not disclosed to the public when they're buying your product. So if you've ever looked at a pre-workout, most of them are going to be proprietary blends, which is kind of scary as a consumer. But like you think about it from a business perspective, it does make a little bit of sense. Um, supplements, what a crazy, crazy wild world out there. If only there were better supplement companies. Um, and then energy drinks is another one. I never got into like Red Bull or any of that type of shit. It always just scared me. I remember like, I think when I was like in seventh or eighth grade, there was like, I don't know, this like more like upscale, like food market, like in my neighborhood. And so my friend and I, one time we went and like rode our bikes together there. And for some reason they had like, yeah, like monster. And I was like, I'm going to buy a monster, had it. And like literally wanted to throw up. It was just like, so disgusting and like, so artificially tasting. I was like, this is, this is a no for me. Yeah. I honestly think like energy drinks, I scare me. And like also growing up, like my parents would never let us get like the soda that had like caffeine in it, like Mountain Dew. My mom was always like, you guys cannot drink that or else you'll like, you know, be bouncing off the walls. Um, so yeah, yeah, I honestly feel like energy drinks were just like a no, a no in our household and yeah, have not experimented with them since. Yeah. Which is good because we'll get into it later. Like populations that should avoid caffeine. Kids are definitely one. Cause like first it hasn't been tested on them. And then like the hormones of kids are a lot different than adults. And so like the energy shot drinks as well. I remember those like five hour energies. 
I always like thought when I was like little and stuff, like, why the fuck would you need that? Like the way that those, I remember those commercials were like someone hiking across some desert. And I was like, well, I'm never doing that. I'm literally riding my bike around the block or something dumb. Like I don't need an energy drink. And most of them contain like 500 milligrams of caffeine per drink, which is about five amounts of like a cup of coffee. So that's where it becomes dangerous. I also think the predatory marketing at kids too, is like where it becomes dangerous. Cause I knew kids in middle school that were like consistently like hooked onto energy drinks. And I'm like, that seems a suspect territory. Um, the last one is like the gummies and chews and candy. So like caffeine that you can chew. Now we didn't do chocolate and talk about cacao and chocolate in this episode was caffeine, but obviously another one, but I've recently like learned about caffeine pills. Cause I was following some runner and she was saying like, yeah, sometimes I can't stomach coffee like before a run. So I'll take a caffeine pill. And I was like, that seems kind of like pseudosciencey, like weight lossy, like weird. Why would you do that? Um, but I guess they're commonly used kind of like as similar to like Adderall is for like studying and focusing. They say to take like two pills, it's equivalent to about like 400 milligrams of caffeine, which is like supposed to be your daily requirement. So I think the issue with these is like one easily abused two, you don't need to be wired all the time. I think that's the issue with caffeine is that we're so out of sync with our natural body. I mean, myself included sometimes when I'm drinking coffee or caffeine at a weird part of the day, like I don't probably need it. I'm probably just need more sleep or something else, but these, um, candies and pills make it really easy to overdose. Like for example, you're not gonna be able to drink a hundred cups of coffee in a day, but you easily could take too many pills or gummies or candies or anything like that. So I think that's where, um, the whole ingestible caffeine stuff becomes suspect. Yes. Um, some of the benefits, obviously I think caffeine is like pretty like widely like recognized and utilized in like the health and wellness community and does have, you know, some, some benefits to it. That's largely related to polyphenols and polyphenols are like specific compounds found in like specific compounds, food and plant found in plants. And they have like anti-inflammatory benefits And so again, like with inflammation is believed to be like the root cause of many like chronic illnesses and polyphenols again, can be found in like foods such as like red wine and dark chocolate as well. I know there's like a podcast episode, I think by like Stephen Gundry that I listened to a few months ago that was like dedicated all to polyphenols. That was really, really interesting. Um, But studies have shown that there, that a high intake of polyphenols has been linked to longevity. And so one cup of coffee contains roughly like 214 milligrams. And actually in the U.S., coffee and tea are the primary source of polyphenols. A study examined that polyphenol intake of U.S. adults for a 10-year period, um, and they consumed 884.1 milligrams of polyphenols per 1,000 calories, but 39.6% of that came from coffee, which is kind of problematic if you, you know, we should all be eating like a very like diverse diet of like, you know, fruits and vegetables. And so most of our polyphenol intake should in theory come from berries, veggies, beans, and nuts, since polyphenols do are found in plants. And a standard American diet is going to be associated with lower and less diverse polyphenol intake. I'm sure all of you like CMOS girlies, you know, eat a diverse and abundant diet. So you probably don't have to worry about all your polyphenol intake coming specifically from coffee. But I think it is just like interesting that it's such like a prevalent, um, yeah, compound in but we're really only getting it from caffeine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And coffee obviously has like antioxidants, like we were saying before, um, you'll get about 40% of your daily antioxidants. If you drink like three to four cups a day and the recommended coffee amount, like 
we didn't really want to like say a number in this podcast episode. I think like a moderate coffee intake is going to be your best if you're going to consume coffee, which is about two to five cups a day. And it is linked to things like a lower likelihood of getting type two diabetes, heart disease, liver, cancer, Parkinson's and depression. So like Emma was saying, it is pretty widely accepted that coffee is fine. I know you could go down a rabbit hole and like search is coffee good for you? Is coffee bad for you? But it's kind of useless. And the next thing about coffee, like benefits is brain cognition. So caffeine does give you that feeling of like motivation, productivity, brain power. And so that is a result of your actual brain chemistry changing. So the brain chemicals, dopamine and excelcholine are increasing when you are consuming caffeine. And it's because caffeine hinders the calming neurotransmitter GABA, which I'm sure you've heard about in health and wellness podcasts. That's what puts like the brain activity on hold when needed. So caffeine is like interacting with your GABA function, we'll say. Yes. And then next is like sleep and caffeine. There's so much talk about like when you should cut off caffeine so it doesn't, you know, impact your sleep. And so caffeine has a half-life of like five to seven hours, meaning that it takes nearly six hours to metabolize half the caffeine and another six to metabolize the other half. So even if you're having a cup of coffee at like nine at 3 PM, your body is only probably metabolized about like half of that caffeine amount. And so really any lingering bit of caffeine in your body right before bed will impact your quality of sleep as like caffeine consumption causes a reduction in the main metabolite found in melatonin. And, you know, I think so many of us have probably, you know, have said like, oh, well, like I can drink coffee whenever and I'm like still able to fall asleep. And I'm sure like your body does kind of like adapt over time. Like it's so crazy. Like back in high school, there was like a coffee shop that'd be open until like 11 PM. And so like on cold wintry nights, I would like literally have caffeine at like 10 PM and be able to fall asleep, which like, I don't even know how my body managed to do that back then. Um, but kind of based off like the half-life of caffeine, it's really recommended to stop consuming caffeine at least six hours before bedtime. And then there's this thing commonly kind of like known called like the coffee cycle. And so really it's like feeling tired in the morning leads to caffeine use, which then leads to impaired sleep patterns, which then will just lead you to drinking more coffee. So if you are someone who just feels like you're constantly tired all the time, not sleeping enough and always are just like, you know, being so reliant on coffee, it's probably best to maybe scale back and just like focus on getting good quality sleep, but also poor sleep can be contributed to so many multiple factors. So it can be hard to pinpoint if caffeine's the main reason. I mean, because so many of us, you know, are on our phones all day. So we're, you know, experiencing like blue light, like right until like the second we go to bed or like noise pollution, if you live in a big city. So, you know, it can be hard to really like tell whether it's like the caffeine or, you know, you just like being on your phone all day. Yeah. And also um, that too, there's so many withdrawals. If you do start to limit your coffee that like it, it, it's, there's very little motivation to do it. Cause you feel like shit and you're like, well, I need this much coffee and I'm dependent on it now. Yes. So that gets us into like people who should maybe avoid coffee or maybe be a little bit more cautious and a poor reaction to caffeine is going is class as an intolerance, not an allergy. And so really like everyone who drinks caffeinated beverages regularly is going to develop some level of tolerance to caffeine, but there are individual variations in the actual level of that tolerance. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're talking about, like just now, that even if you do try to like scale back, you have developed that tolerance, which is why it makes it like more and more difficult to do so. The biggest group that is, is like, should be cautious are like kids and pregnant women. And so 
babies, like when you are carrying a child, they lack this enzyme to metabolize caffeine. So that's why they're advised, like a lot of women are advised to entirely cut out coffee. But once again, it's like really difficult to do so. I mean, drinking, you're not supposed to drink alcohol while you are having a child as well. So that's pregnancy for you. Doesn't sound, doesn't sound fun. Um, your body changing <laughs> that doesn't sound fun either. So, um, but they say for pregnant women, like obviously discuss it with your doctor because you're going to be getting a lot of like blood work and stuff. So you'll have like accurate, like biometers and stuff at more than the average person, just because you're getting so many checkups. And the next part about this is like your genetics are actually going to determine like your body's caffeine metabolism almost. So as we said before, like if you are highly sensitive, you probably can self-diagnose that you probably like you live with yourself all the time, you know, like what interacts with you and not, but some people can fall asleep really fast after like, let's say downing a double shot of espresso, like espresso. Oh my God. Everyone's going to kill me for that. (laughs) Espresso, like Emma just said, but other people cannot have like a single cup of coffee without feeling like fucked up for the whole day. So caffeine is metabolized by the liver actually um, using this enzyme called CYP182. And we all have different amounts of that enzyme. There's no way to like increase your natural amount of like that enzyme to like process caffeine in your body. But that kind of gets back to the point where, you know, there's all that shit about like, you need to detox. And we all know that liver naturally detoxifies your body. And so that's kind of why, um, the the health and wellness, like goop type, like wellness people that, always talk about like, oh, you should cut out coffee if you're doing an elimination diet. It's because it interacts with your liver. And so that's like their idea behind it though. It doesn't really have any scientific backing, we'll say. Yes. And then like, also if you're experiencing adrenal fatigue, we had an episode all dedicated to this. It's like very much recommended to maybe like stray away or like limit your intake of caffeine because with like adrenal fatigue, your adrenal glands are just like already fatigued from heightened cortisol And with caffeine, it can overwork your glands by producing more cortisol in the glands. And I like self-diagnosed myself with like adrenal fatigue, like a month ago. And honestly, I feel like during that time period where I was just like super stressed with like moving and like work stuff, I feel like I was just like, no matter how much caffeine I was like drinking, I like did not feel anything. And I feel like it probably is largely just like, yeah, due to like me, like already having like heightened cortisol possibly. Um, But yeah, so if you are someone who's like, you know, feeling like wired and tired, and you're not really experiencing like any benefits from caffeine that is likely just because your glands are just like overworking and overproducing cortisol. So during those periods, it's probably just like best to hold off, even though that is much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. The next thing is interesting is that like women metabolize caffeine more quickly than men. Um, doesn't really mean about like tolerance because that's all going to play into factors of like your BMI and muscle mass and all that type of shit. Um, but also women on the pill. So any girlies on the pill out there, you are going to want to be wary of caffeine as well. So caffeine competes for the same enzyme in the liver that also processes your estrogen. And so when synthetic hormones, i.e. if you're on the pill are now introduced into your body as the case with like oral contraceptives, mainly, um, the body's going to process caffeine about one third of the speed it would otherwise. So we've gotten questions to do a podcast about the pill and birth control, but I've never been on birth control. So I speak about it. Um, you know, we can speak about it eh, globally, but not like anecdotally about our own experience, I guess. But yeah. So if you're on the pill, that's one thing to keep in consideration as well. Um, another subgroup that probably should consider their caffeine consumption is people with anxiety. So, you know, you might think like, oh, caffeine's going to help me concentrate and like get away from like my anxious thoughts, give me that energy boost, but it also can like heighten your anxiety, which I think is very obvious. So 
some of the symptoms you can imagine are like jittery, headache, all that type of shit. And so if you already have like clinical diagnosis of anxiety disorder or panic, like in coffee is probably not going to be best for you, too much caffeine. And then the last thing is migraines. So like people with migraines, um, once again, this is going to be something that you definitely have a diagnosis for. If you drink, let's say like three caffeinated beverages a day, it's probably going to raise the risk of you having that debilitated headache. Um, especially if you usually only drink one and then one day out of the blue, you decide like, oh, I'm going to have like a lot more caffeine than I normally do. Your body's just a lot more sensitive to it. And so that's where I think like adaptogens can come into play, herbal coffee, like dandelion tea, all that type of stuff. And then like another subgroup is not, I don't think any of our CMOS girlies are, um, boomers and above, but you know, perhaps if you are, hello, (laughs) thanks for listening to the pod. Um, as you get older, you tend to have less tolerance to substances like caffeine. And also a lot of old people are on, um, older. Wow. I sound so ageist. Older people are on, um, a lot of medications that may conflict with caffeine. So that's another issue as well to, um, keep out for. Um, I would say our main caffeine tips, I would say like personally is like pacing your consumption of coffee. Like what Emma and I were saying before is that like, if you are in this like downward cycle, the coffee cycle, and then you're constantly turning for another cup of coffee and you're not even sure if you are actually like in need of it. Um, you could have like bad symptoms in the afternoon and make it hard to fall asleep. And also if you drink a lot of coffee in a short amount of time, it could have something called a, a probable arrhythmia. So that's like an abnormal beating of your heart. I've actually had an arrhythmia before and it's really scary. I like my dad has had a heart attack or has had three heart attacks. So I do have like a uh, history in my family of heart problems. And so I like freaked out. I was like, Oh my God, like having an arrhythmia, this is so scary. It just feels like, um, your chest just going at like an off pace. Basically. If you think about your heart as like your heartbeat as like a consistent rhythm, it gets out of rhythm and it's really hard to get it back on. So make sure you're pacing your consumption of coffee. Yeah. Um, one tip for me, or at least something that I do personally, is like, I try to ensure that I at least have like a cup of water before or after I have a cup of caffeine, just so I don't feel like super dehydrated and like super jittery. Yeah. Um, another potential tip. Yeah. And then the last thing is that, um, we're going to talk about this in next week's podcast. We're going to do another food and climate change episode, but because of climate change, about 50% of the land that is currently used for growing coffee plants are no longer going to be suitable for coffee production. So as we said, like it's the world's favorite drug, coffee, whatever, but it's actually becoming, yeah, it's going to be much more expensive because climate change is going to be less land to grow coffee. So that's something that's going to impact us all. Um, And we're going to talk more about it next week. Yeah. Look at that transition. Getting you guys excited for next Tuesday. Yes. Exciting Um, things to look forward to. Yeah, truly. Um, Who knows what's going to happen to us before next week. Got any big things upcoming this week, Emma? Work. Work and work um that is the life of an adult you just work and go to the grocery store and work out and try to talk to men on dating apps but fail and that is that's life for you as a 20 year old that is us yeah same shit i'm excited for it not to be fashion week because that has been annoying Hmm. um i'm excited to maybe for the weather to cool down so i don't have to sweat all the time oh you know what i am excited for girlies one girl did like dm me because I posted whatever on my stories, like I'm re-entering my swimming era. Um, I did sign up for a membership. And so catch me swimming laps um, later this week, I did order swimsuits and that gave me such a huge boost of um, serotonin. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to that, to swim some 
evening laps along the Hudson River. <laughs> I literally, I thought you were going to say in the Hudson River. I was like, babes, no, don't get in the <laughs> Hudson River. It's really fucking weird because you can kayak on the Hudson River. And my first thought whenever I see people doing that is like, okay, you're going with the current in a major river. How are you getting back? It's not like you're going down a stream, like a little. I do not ever want to be that close to the Hudson River water. I, I don't want to know what's in there. And the fact that I am like near like inches away from it kind of spooks me. Yeah, um, it was spooky during Hurricane Ida, obviously. Well, Emma and I neither had to evacuate, but like seeing all of, like the scare, scary like footing, footing, footage from the hurricane um, really clicked in my uh, climate uh, doomsday dystopia in my head that already fucking exists. Because I was like, oh shit, this is literally the subway that I've taken before and all that type of stuff. So, um, well, I'm going to go buy some non-dairy milk. I don't know which one. Dude, I should go to Lifetime to get the blue pigeon milk. Honestly, you should. I bought more flax milk this morning because I've been loving flax milk. Um, Yeah, I finished my grocery shopping. I need to make pickled red onions. I'm going to maybe try to work out, but also I'm like, "Mm, once it it hits like one, I'm done for the day. Like my body cannot exert any energy yeah and napping doesn't help that's what I was thinking I'm like maybe I take a nap and I'm gonna get hit with a wave it's like no I'm gonna get hit with like depression if I nap yeah I always feel 10 times worse after a nap so I just avoid that at all costs and classic just try to drink caffeine instead which reality I should just you know take a nap but I actually have also heard you know speaking about caffeine again that like the best thing to do is like to drink a cup of coffee and then do like a 20 minute nap that's supposed to be like the the best way whatever to like whatever feel rejuvenated again um not going to experiment with that because I don't feel like making more coffee but yeah today I have just accepted as a is a dead day it's a dead day um if you're listening to this and you're also having a dead day leave us your suggestions on what you do um instead of turning for caffeine maybe that can inspire some new discourse for the CMOS girlies mm-hmm. um or if you have any fun coffee recipes or we didn't really even get into like all the weird coffee, like hacks and tricks. I feel like that was a TikTok thing, like a long time ago, like that Delgana coffee, yeah. just like a lot of sugar and whipping. And I was like, that's too many steps. I have no idea, but yeah, leave us your coffee tips or weird caffeine sources that you like. I know you can get caffeinated Zevia. Um, so that could be a fun thing getting mountain Zevia. Um, but yeah, a pleasure to pod with you, dog. Thanks. Yeah. You must girlies.